All right, all right. Welcome to the first episode of Hip Pod Heads. I am No Sage. You got Novak here as well. And yeah, I mean, this is basically a podcast to talk about some of our classic favorite hip hop moments in our, I don't know, our upbringing, our just, you know, nostalgic sake. Like, I don't know, like, no fact, like, you, you came up with this idea a while ago that you wanted to do a hip hop show. So I was wondering, like, what, what, what made you even want to do that? It just takes it back, man, to being, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. The first time you heard a hip hop song on the radio, first yep. time I heard Audio 2 on the radio, the first time I heard right. Grand Pula, you know, the way it made you feel, walking around with those Iowa headphones on, man, with that CD player that you had to hold real tight, you know, if it skipped, you know, you end up, <laughs> you end up remixing your own song at that point. <laughs> oh, man, I definitely remember walking around with the Walkman and you had to have it at the right angle, you know, either in your pocket or your book bag and don't, you know, don't make any, you know, uh, quick movements or it's going to skip on you crazy style. Right. Then you got the case full of CDs, man. You got a hundred discs in the case. I mean, I had everything from like, man, Nas to Biggie to Jay-Z, you know, uh, Beat Nuts. I mean, everything was in my case, man. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just the way it make you feel. I mean, you know, one thing about hip hop is it, it brought so many people like happiness and joy over the years. I mean, you hear like a cold lyric, you hear somebody drop a line that's a classic right. or quotable. I mean, today you don't get that too much. Now you get uh, guys wearing Gucci and Prada you know, <laughs> with auto-tune and dreads, man. I don't know what's going on. You know, nothing against people with a lot of hair, but it's just what it is. <laughs> it's definitely a fashion show, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I always gravitated to the lyrics myself. I always loved the culture, you know, not just the rhyming, but the DJing, the, you know, the graffiti, breakdancing, you know, just everything. It was just, it was just a community, you know? It was just something you can just, you can rely on. Oh, I know, man. Think about the first receiver you had, you know, the first the first CD player, first amp. You know, you know, you know me. The first time I got wrote up for playing my music too loud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, it, it takes you back to so many different places, man. I, I listen to some songs and it takes you back to what I was doing at that point in time in life. You know, I remember right. being on the bus going to school, man, listening to, uh, you know, listening to Big. Talking, yep. listening to Radio to Die on the bus, man. And, man. You know, bus driver looking at you like you're crazy. I'm like, man, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. And I guess we should say, um, since you say you got written up, written up for like, you know, playing some loud, loud tunes. Um, you know, I know Novak from uh, college. You know, we both were, uh, I don't know if we were the same year, but we definitely hung around the same, you know, same circles, more or less. Same year. Uh, same year. But no, both got out of high school in well, nineteen hundred and something. <laughs> nineteen hundred something. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, basically like nineties hip hop yeah. is top shelf for me. Cause I know a lot of people have their own eras, like people love the eighties. And I don't know, I always felt like the nineties were, were, you know, like what brought me to the music. That was my starting point, my jumping off point, I think. Nice is awesome, man. 2000 was weird. Two th you know, <laughs> Puffy started wearing them suits, man, and, and No Way Out, and Twister started rapping with Puffy. I mean, it was, it was, it was dark, man, you know. Oh, man. The, the 90s, man, you know, like, you think about De La Soul, you think about Public Enemy, you you look at, uh, man, you know, you, you think about Cam and Eric B., you know, just all the great artists during that time period. I mean, you know, they part 80s, but 
they dropped some nice stuff. I mean, even even two live crew was around during that point. You know, I, I didn't buy two live crew albums. I might get kicked out of my house, but <laughs> Luther Campbell will get you kicked out, you know. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, there's definitely different genres, different definitely things to you know to love about the hip hop culture, the hip hop scene. And yeah, I mean, I guess that brings us to uh, our topic of, you know, this episode. Um, you were talking about Nas and the new album drop, um, King's Disease. You're actually the first person to send me that, that Hit Boy track. And I was like, wait a minute, Nas is dropping a new album? Like, I, I can't believe it. Yeah, that Ultra Black, man. You know, I first heard it, it the, you know, the energy, man. You know, when Nas brings energy on the track, you know, it, it, this goes to me, you know, yeah. I mean, it, go, it goes into like, you know, the way he, the way he just controlled the mic with um, Hate Me Now, the way he controlled the mic with New York State of Mind and everything yes. like that. I mean, Nas's energy is on, it's on parallel. He's like the Sade of hip hop. You think about it. You know, he, I mean, he's our Sade. I mean, you know, Nas, you know, people love Jay, but to me, Nas is, is it's just grown man music when you think about it. I hey, mean, man, like fun fact, I seen Sade at the United Center. Yeah. the last time she actually had a tour and it was probably one of the best shows I've ever seen like hands down but um there was a line that Nas said um that he was like the only man that Sade dated I'm not sure how I'm not sure if we can qualify that line by any means but uh yeah it was a weird line that's why I went to Sade because Nas and Sade had been symbolically linked for years and I, went, I always wanted to understand what that was about <laughs> it looks like something happened there it might have been a bad do moment without Andre oh <laughs> I totally agree but and thanks for bringing up um Outcast because I was actually going to draw another parallel because when you sent me the um the hit boy track the ultra black like I remember there was a time that in hip hop, you know, before streams, before downloads, like it was a, it was a moment, like before the music video dropping, like you knew the album was coming and you knew it was going to be automatically platinum. Like Nas had that effect. Outkast had that effect. There's certain artists that you knew, like it was coming platinum in weeks or, you know, like literally within a month or whatever. So it's like now, since I feel like so out of tune with how the way music's like released nowadays, you know what I mean? It's like, Will this go gold? Will this go platinum? Or is it streams or, you know, views? Like, what is it? You know what I mean? With King's Disease, basically. Uh, it's, it's, you're right. It's hard because I remember back in the day, you waited for an album to come out. I remember, um, you know, I remember Life After Death was dropping. And right. were, everybody was so excited to get their hands on that on that post-humans Biggie album. And everybody's yep. lined up to get it. You got it. You put it in your CD player. You listen to every track. You didn't skip no track. I mean... With the way music is today, King's Disease is a really solid project. Hit Boy did his job, you know, in that situation. But the problem right. is, is that when you're streaming against 6ix9ine, you're streaming against, uh, man, you know, whatever the hell else out there that's terrible, you stream against Drake, it's hard to do because, you know, people like songs of sensitivity now. They like songs that about a guy, you know, he might cry today, he might cry tomorrow, and everybody goes, that's hot. You know, so King's Disease is real hip hop. So, you know, he opened up Ultra Black. Then, you know, he goes into Replace Me. And then, you know, Replace, you know, Replace Me is really nice because he kind of, you bring that Big Sean into the situation because, you know, I'm a Big Sean fan because right. he's got this, you know, he's a, he's a little dude, but he's Big Sean. So it's so funny. Yep. So he got this big personality, <laughs> you know, it's like you hear him the way he go on the, you know, way he go on the mic. He reminds you of like, uh, he's like the biz marquee of this era for these kids, man, because. That's fair. 
he's funny, you know, he's witty, he's got, you know, it's a little bit of ludicrous in him, it's a little bit of biz marky, uh, you know, you know, he, he, you know, that guy keeps it going. So, like, when you hear King's Disease, you go, man, this album should go platinum. But today's today's world, it's going to stream 60, 70,000 times, and then they're going to download it, and then we don't know what else happens at that point. You know, I think the production was fair. You know, it was really good. I mean, Hip Boy did his thing. I mean, to me personally, it's it's just as good as Nasir. If you want to talk about recent Nas albums, like Nasir is a classic, and people don't want to admit it because they don't like Ye, and I don't understand it. Ye is awesome. Yeah, man. I, I definitely thought the the Nasir project was pretty dope. I know there's arguments whether it's an actual album because it was like in his seven track like releasing, right? So like I think Ye had a seven track album, and then. Who else? Like Tiana did or whatever. So like there was a Tiana string of Taylor. them. Yeah. yeah. And it's good music camp that had that like seven track release thing that was like within weeks or months of each other or something like that. It should have just made one album. Just yeah. one album. It should have been, yeah. been like the good music album. Remember the good yes. music had that, had Thank that you. collaboration. But I mean, Ye was too far ahead of his time in this situation. Years later, we say he was a genius. It's like 808s and Heartbreaks. That yeah. is one of the best albums ever. Hands down. Yep. Robocop. Oh my God. Man, that album is amazing. I love it. So check this out. You were talking about like, you know, streams, people like maybe download it 60,000 times or whatever. So this ain't relevant anymore, but I looked up the um, RIAA, um, like uh, platinum gold status, right? The Record Industry Association. And this was weird. Um, this year, the Life is Good album went gold in april really nice yeah and and <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that a little later because I, I think we we're going to talk about like our top five Nas albums and right. i want to talk about that album too but um i it just makes me think about you know like how i am out of touch and i think about <laughs> the raa platinum status and gold status but you know i don't think anyone's checking this site or even checking these like numbers anymore because it's, it's more about you know the single and you know, just how can you have it on anybody's mobile device, you know, as many times you can or whatever. Um, but the King's Disease, it was interesting to me because like you were talking about layers of Big Sean and I think about with Nas, this is probably common with any like dope hip hop artists. Like I think there's different layers to them. Like for me, you have like the, the lyricist Nas that's, you know, going to tell you like the word of the streets. You have like the Ladies man Nas is going to tell you about, you know, <laughs> how many girls that he got with or how many girls got messed up, you know, in, in, in their own situations. And then there's like kind of like the party Nas, like with that, that ultra black track you were talking about. Right. And the two tracks that were speaking to me that I really wish there was more of them was, um, I think it was like the Blue Benz track. That's that a banger. That's yeah, a but it was short, though. It was, it's only two minutes. Yeah, and, and that that track and there's another track that are kind of similar where it's like I feel like it's going it's it's having me excited for like the old Nas but then again it's keeping the old Nas at a distance because he wants to jump into the new like 27 Summers was another track that was kind of like that where it's like you know kind of like a banger and yeah, 10 points 10 points is awesome yeah those are the three tracks that kind of like had that like heavy Nas that I like and I wish there was more of that but then I get I get it he's maybe he's trying to be like a big Sean type of person where it's like, I got to like think about all these, you know, mm-hmm. listeners that I'm trying to appease to or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. That full circle, man. Made me feel like I was in the middle of a Sprite commercial. 
when that thing when that thing started up, man, I was just waiting for Voltron to appear. I was just like, oh my god, man! <laughs> I still go back to that era, man, when, there, when Sprite was making the best hip hop commercials ever, man. At this point, even though Sprite is still symbolic with hip hop today, but back then, man, you know, a lot of people uh-huh. might not know it when they were dropping the Voltron commercials. They had different yes. rappers, you know, jumping in on tracks. I remember the first time we saw it in college. I was like, man, it's a Sprite commercial, Buster, and everybody. I mean, I had the poster. That's how tight it was, but uh, yeah, full circle. When you get Fozzie and AZ, because I love AZ and Nas's chemistry. I mean, the way those guys play off each other, man, it's like two wordsmiths, you know, sitting on the stoop and in, in bedside yes. somewhere, man, just going at it yeah. at this point. You know, um, and Fozzie, Fozzie surprised me, you know, for somebody. You know, she's been different. You know, she ain't been so Foxy the last ten years or so. She's <laughs> had her problems. Yep. But you know, she she sounded pretty good for somebody that doesn't rap that much lately. But her flow was her flow was still intact. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, she definitely had some good bars there. Um, that track was a little weird for me too because I I love the firm. Um, I was like so happy to see them on the on the track list, and then I think like Nas was almost rapping about something different, where he was like he was almost kind of like like a spiritual type of like um like comment commentary in society and then you know the other ones were just coming like with the heavy bars you know like i'm back up in this you know firm you know um and that's what threw me out too because they they um they didn't even have nature on there did, did you catch that oh i caught that really quick you know they go nature nas and uh, don't forget kermaka was a, yep. a little bit involved with them so they kind of you know the circle got smaller and you know you're right nas was rapping about spirituality and and being a better person, and these yes, guys came yes. in like, "Yeah, we about to do it." And like, <laughs> you can tell they, you know, that's because they don't get as much shine right now. Nas's shine was like yes. just another track to me, you know. And he he came yeah. and blessed it and got off real quick. But you also could tell they were in the studio at the same time. You could tell, you could see that yeah. disconnect. Sometimes, like you know, it's not like when Outkast does now. You could tell the Big Boy and Andre are in the studio together because that chemistry. You can't you can't create that magic, you know, through sending somebody your bars. In the MP, MP3 track at three o'clock in the morning, like what they do today. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with that. And it, it didn't even list it on the track, but um, that was uh, Dr. Dre at the very end, too. Because mm-hmm. since he was like one of the masterminds, obviously, behind the firm. Um, uh, there's a lot of Dre influence on this album. Yeah, yeah I agree. You know what's, I, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on this, but I was going to send you this video today that I just saw. It was like posted maybe last month. It was nature on this ghetto ass like rap interview show that had like a hundred <laughs> views on it on YouTube. Was it it was something called like Boom Bap Network something. They asked nature. I think it was, they dropped the episode the same day King's Disease dropped. And they were asking him, did you know that the firm's coming out with a track? And mm-hmm. how excited are you? Because the dude was ignorant. He thought nature was going to be on the song. He's like, bro, I'm not even on that album. Like, why are you even bringing it up right now? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm sorry, but do you think there's going to be a new Firm album? He's like, I don't know. It's up, it's up to Nas if he wants to do it. He hasn't called me yet. So, yeah, there's definitely some shade going on. Because Cormega was in there first, mm-hmm. and then Cormega was out because Nas was beefing with him, and Nature yeah. got slid in there. And then Cormega's back in, and Nature's out. I don't know. Is it like Destiny's Child? I, I can't get it. I don't know, I don't know man. I just, need, I just need Jungle to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's from Bravehearts, right? Oh, yeah, man. Uchi Wally, man. Man, there's no Bravehearts track on here. No, there's been no Bravehearts tracks in many years, man. Since Nas became a dad and got married yeah. once, got divorced. 
Uchi yeah. Wally disappeared, man. We haven't seen that Nas. Nasty Nas has not been seen in years. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I totally agree. You know, I don't know if you caught this though. So this album was off of um, Nas's uh, label, I guess, Mass Appeal. Mm-hmm. And he was on Columbia, it seems like forever. But mm-hmm. this album, I think the Nasir one, and that, that, cause Life is Good, I think was the last like Def Jam album. Right. Cause wait, I'm trying, I'm confusing it now. Cause I thought he was always on Columbia, but then maybe he went to Def Jam. I, f- I forget, but. I think it was Columbia to Def Jam because, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, Sony, it was Sony Columbia. And then yeah. basically he went away from that because, right. you know, it was red, you know, Matic. I remember the Columbia logos in the back of the back of those CDs. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, yeah, it's very ugly. <laughs> and I, I think, I think he satisfied his deals because he did that Nazir album, I think, to satisfy that Def Jam deal because, you know, Ye's yes. on Def Jam. And yeah. Ye, Ye's yeah. got to release so many albums. So I think that's why he did so many small albums. He's trying to, right. trying to trick them to get off the deal because now you say he's not making any more music for anybody until, until, they, until he gets freedom. <laughs> that was a good point, yeah, because I think the credit said something like, Mass Appeal, which is Nas's uh, label with somebody else, like under distribution of Def Jam or something like that. So I, I didn't realize what was going on there. It's crazy. Probably the distro deal. I mean, it, it's a good deal for him. At this point, like, you know, the funny thing, like, you know, like Ye said a couple of days ago, two guys making albums that don't own the label. And so I'm like, yep. okay, yeah, it's true. Yes. So it's good to see Nas going in the right direction right now. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, there's a lot of stuff that I can latch onto, like from his messaging, from his career. And I know we might get into this when we talk about our top fives, but like, I, I always know that I'm going to enjoy, enjoy something about a Nas album. I don't know if I'll actually always enjoy the whole album because it's not about the whole album anymore, but you know, just need to hear them over there, basically. Well, nobody makes a complete album anymore. I yeah. mean, if you, you take it back to albums that were really good that snuck up on us, like Return to the 36 Chambers. Yes. Um, I mean, ODB snuck up on us, <laughs> dropped a gem, and left us. And all in the same Man. breath. You know, it's incredible. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't get that anymore. I mean, there's there's other artists out there today I'm, I'm sort of liking that they give me that 90s vibe again. Yeah. You know, get a complete album. I mean, like, King's Disease, it's got some bangers, you know, in this situation. He's more mature about his style. His flow is mature a hell of a lot. Yes. I totally agree with that. And, you know, again, I don't want to pull it away from Nas too much, but the last, like, hip-hop album that I felt like was a complete album was um, To Pimp a Butterfly by K-Dot. And that's... I haven't really heard the complete package since then, you know? Man, what happened there? Thundercat and those guys, man. Oh Dude, yeah, oh, man. You know that production, man. Thundercat, yes, yes. man. You know yeah. I love those dudes, man. I picked up some I Thundercat agree. vinyl, you know, yep. recently. There's nothing like them. That that, that squad, man. You know, it's just ridiculous. I mean, they got. I mean, you think about Anderson Pack. You think about all yes. those dudes out there. That's yep. you know, you know, it's a lot of that goes back to Dr. Dre because Dre, Dre does the Anderson Pack on Compton and. Uh, yep. Yep. I mean, Compton is like an Anderson Peck's, like, you know, coming out party, the whole album. <laughs> People say you see his teeth and then you hear him. I'm like, yeah, the whole album, man. It's Anderson's teeth and then, and then that raspy voice, man. That's man. dope. I'm glad you brought him up because he made the album. It was it was a nice, a pleasant surprise to see that Anderson Peck was on the King's Disease album as well. 
Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he reached out. He's good talent there. You know, I, I was, I was waiting, I was waiting for a Tyler the Creator uh, show up on that situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. Yonkers remix. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, is is he from Yonkers? No, nah, Tyler. No, nah, Tyler. That, uh, that, that's golf game. That's Wolf game. You know, that's that's right. the West Coast man. That's that. They almost they, they step away from that hyphy movement. To be honest with you, but yep. they're different. I mean, I, I like, I, I love, I love, I love uh, Tyler. I like, uh, I like what they do out there. I mean, I think like the Earl Sweatshirt, Earl Sweatshirt is, uh, is hot. You know, they, they got their own flow, man. I mean, it's weird when ASAP start missing with Tyler, though. That's, that's a, that's a really <laughs> weird thing going on right there. But it works. <laughs> yeah, I, I like their sound. I like their, their definitely their, um, the delivery. Um, so I guess the other thing was, I was thinking about with King's Disease. Lil Dirk, he's from Chicago. I had no clue who this guy was. Oh yeah, I, I know who that is. I mean, <laughs> the Lil fill in the blank, you know, MCs out there. Yeah, I mean Dirk, he's from O Block, you know, you know. It's, it's, but the, the thing with Dirk them is they're um, they're interesting because it's like it's that Chicago. It's like it's it ain't it's like drill music slowed down with a hip hop with a hip hop blend in the background. You know, drill music is taking over. You know, they think that's a new form of hip hop now. You know, I got people like I listen to drill music all day. I'm like, how? You know, I don't want to be angry when I drive everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely is trying to invoke some type of emotion out of you. Uh, I mean, Dirk's yeah. hot right now. I mean, he's hot okay. because uh, the Drake track. You know, um, he's doing he's doing basically the hook. Dirk yep. is a professional. Dirk's hooks are hot. Uh, Dirk's album is Dirk album is decent. I, I'm always gonna give a Chicago artist a shout. You know, you know, even if I don't listen to the whole album, I mean, you know, Dirk is solid. I got no issues there. Yeah, no, that again, that was a pleasant surprise for me because I had no clue who he was. I looked him up. It was nice and nice. Shout out Chicago. So, yeah, I thought it was, it was a decent track. And then um, with that Aesop Ferg track at the very end, <laughs> that basically closed it out. <laughs> is he ASAP anymore or is the question? Yeah. I think they kicked him off ASAP. You know? Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah, what you're talking man. about? I didn't yeah. hear that. I think he's done with ASAP. I think he just Ferg now because they say he's not by ASAP Mob anymore. They said his stuff All is right. his stuff is trash. I'm like, what? Damn. <laughs> I mean, I thought Shabba was a hot track. <laughs> <laughs> you can't please them all, man. You know, like we talk about Brave Hearts and Firm with Nature getting kicked out, and you know, yeah, we can talk about, whole, talk about hours about all them crews that just fold on itself, like you know. 50 cents crew and you know oh god don't even talk about that he wanted to get the g unit i'm like <laughs> man uh, so yeah i guess any other um thoughts about king's disease before we talk about uh our our five album rankings solid album and it's in my it's in my top five nice albums because word okay yeah, all right the reason i put it in there is i love because it i love it okay yeah, it, it was good to hear because, like, man, yeah. you know, it's been a terrible music year when you think about yeah. it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's not been anything I can sit there and listen all the way through. I mean, you know, like, I've been, I've really been feeling Griselda. I like Griselda. I like Benny. I like Machine. I like, I like Conway the Machine. I mean, those guys make me feel like I need to go put some uh, Iowa headphones on it and a backpack and just walk through the city <laughs> with, a, with a white tee on and some, and some cargo khakis. <laughs> <laughs> Griselda, yeah, they're yeah. definitely running things. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, so I, I can I can latch on to some of that. This album didn't make my top five Nas albums, but I definitely place it 
somewhere in the middle. And I say that not as a condescending, like it's mediocre, because I feel like the Nas concept of an album, like he has so many emotions that he wants to hit. And sometimes I don't think it always like gels, but when it does, like, I definitely agree with, you know, the direction he's going with. So is this like number five for you or like where would it be at in the list? Uh, that's around number five. The okay. reason I put it at number five is because I needed something fresh. I needed something new in this situation. I think that um, everything else I've heard, I've listened to it so many times. I, you know, I've had listened to it at different points in my life. I mean, you think about, you know, from 94 to now, there's been a Nas album that's been every part of every, every chapter of life, if you think about it at this point. I mean, he's like, you know, he's like Maxwell. He drops an album every three years or four years, just shows up, you know, out, no, no Coco Cur, no bath order, it's Nas. You know, it's like <laughs> <baby's>. <laughs> Bro, man, every time my my wife will uh catch a glimpse of Nas, like, does that dude like age? Like he's found like the fountain of youth somehow. Nah, he's a he's a he's a vampire, he's a hip hop vampire, like <laughs> like LeBron's a basketball vampire. He needs young talent to keep winning. So that's what he does. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, I don't know if I can say the same thing about Hova, though. Um, uh, I don't that's, that's know. A whole, Carters. No. That's a whole can of worms that, you know, yeah. obviously have to address at some point. <laughs> yeah, who is he now? And where is he going? And, you know, and why does Blue, Blue Ivy have a record deal? <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly very happy you brought up Nas as our first episode because I actually um, listened to all the albums again just to, like, refresh myself. And I think he's the artist that you can grow with, even with the older albums, right? So we, we know that he had an old soul, but I would say like when Jay was doing his thing, like I was always on the Jay side of the debate. And now I'm like nowhere near the Jay side as far as like, you know, them two in comparison. Cause like Nas definitely got the lyrics and, you know, like I, I think he's not perfect, but I think he's always trying to like say something that'll make you think. Well, it's like Biggie, it's like Biggie versus Tupac. And the yeah, thing about yeah. it is we were more, I was heavy Tupac when I was, when I was younger. And then what happened is I started spending late nights driving home from work, listening to Big. And I'm sitting in the car and I'm like, oh my God, he just told a whole story and killed everybody in the story. And then you know, Big, Big was a visual rapper. So you got yes. this guy to create, you know, it's like what Wu does. They create these images, you know, they take you to the corner, they take you to the spot and then they bring you back and then they drop you off. With Pac, Pac, it was more poetry and motion in that situation. Pac was a beautiful rapper, but, you know, I outgrew Pac and then I turned big. So now, as I got older, I became a Biggie fan. When I was younger, it was all about Tupac. Yeah, no, that's another great comparison. Because, yeah, I mean, this listening to all these Nas albums back to back made me think about the Wu, too. Because I think, like, mm-hmm. since we both were in the 90s heyday, you know, and listening to the Tribe and listening to Outkast and all them, like, I didn't realize how much great music we had. And now, like, hearing the Nas lyrics, like, it definitely echoes, like, a lot of the Wu-Tang imagery that I always, like, crave whenever I, you know, go back and listen to all the Wu-Tang albums. So, yeah, definitely, I totally agree. Well, think about Verbal Intercourse with, with Ray <sighs> Bro. When he stepped on verbal intercourse, I remember I, I wasn't expecting it. The music was so good back then. Hey. You listen to the album and it just came on. I played Dude. this song like eight times in a row. Man. The glitter and the glam. I mean, I mean the one just came through unforgettable. <laughs> I mean, you're like, wow. I mean, I mean, he killed Ray on his own track and Ray killed yes. people. Yes, yes, yes. Bro. <laughs> Yeah, through the lights, camera, and actually glamour, glitters, and gold. Oh. Man, I knew that thing, like, 
like the back of my hand and i remember when it was like in the source as the you know like uh whatever they had as that feature like the best lyric of the the month or whatever mm-hmm. and um thank you for bringing up that because we, we're not going to talk like top five lyrics but that is definitely like my my favorite Nas lyric of all time it's not even on his album so like you no. said he's, he's fitting imagery and storytelling in just the matter of like seconds even minutes at times you know Right, yeah, it, it was smooth. I mean, verbal intercourse, man, it just, oh my god. I mean, I mean, it made it made it made that album complete, and that's a great album, man. You know, it's like, I mean, you go, I mean, what he did with Raekwon, man, oh man. I mean, they did it again years later. I mean, I remember. I mean, it, it made Ray a better artist. You know, when another artist comes on your joint, it makes you better, and you you right. learn from that. You know, you learn always to come at your best. You know, any type, especially you got, especially you got a guest star. I mean, it was vicious. I totally agree. So to talk about dope albums, um, my number five is, it might be semi-controversial, uh, but I picked The Firm. And it's also a cheat because I know it's not necessarily his album, but I feel like, I mean, well, first and foremost, I'm a, a film fan first. So I'm obviously a hip hop head too, but, or hip pod head um but you know like i feel like i liked how Nas was trying to create a movie with the firm album and he was teaming up with dre you know to kind of mastermind it all but um i feel like like jay-z wasn't even on the album right so there was always this part of jay that wanted to be down with Nas. like i'm almost positive that he wanted to be either in the firm or in the brave hearts or you know like we we knew like the more of the the rumor mill at the time but i know like there was there was the unreasonable doubt when Jay sampled Nas, but didn't even have Nas on the album, right? It's almost like, all right, I'll give you a favor. You, I'm not gonna drop a verse on your album, but you can like have me on, as your hook or whatever, right? So I just bring that up because like this is a crew that Nas was invested in, and I don't know. I, I kind of like. I just liked the whole album. I liked the music videos that came out. I liked the the um, the order of the tracks, and it, I felt like it was telling like a mini movie. Um, if you actually try to listen to it again from front to back. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I respect that. The Firm is solid. I bought that CD. I played it a lot. Yeah. Phone tap, man. I mean, yes. Dude, phone tap. That's one of the, the greatest phone conversations on the album ever. <laughs> that, that wasn't an NWA interlude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, phone tap was nice. You know, to, you know the, you're right. The, way, the cinematography, the way they set it up, the yes. storytelling. I mean, the videos, I mean, that's back then when you get like a firm VHS tape, you know, it's just, it's like streets is watching pretty much, you know, the oh, same man. thing. Yeah. 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 And obviously Rockefeller with his like streets yeah. is watching films and, you know, Griselda's <laughs> doing their own films, but I'm fast forwarding too much. But yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I felt like even though the firm was never a movie, like I picture it as a movie. And if, if you can pull off, a musical album to feel like a movie to me, I feel like you pulled off a magic trick because like you took me into that, that world that, you know, I wasn't even expecting to go to. And it did, it didn't feel like it was like, all right, here's a single, here's a feature, you know, buy our album. So even though it didn't get the praise and the, um, the buys that they wanted, like, I feel like they were trying to, you know, let people in on some, something of a masterpiece. Uh, or, so- you know, an attempt at it anyway. 
I mean, that's their, that's their speaker box love below feeling that you get, you know, the, the visual, the visual art style is just incredible on the firm album. I, I give that to you. I, I sleep on that album a lot. I think I need to revisit that album this time I get in the car. You know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, bro. So yeah. the firm, what about you for number four? Uh, I got Nazir. Two, you know, the reason yeah. I got Nazir is okay. because Cop Shot the Kid is nice. You got that, you got that, you got uh, that, sli- you got that yeah. slick Rick sample in the background. You got that, uh, it's that Brooklyn, it's that Brooklyn sound in the background, it's the chains. Yep. I mean, it just sounds so, it's so fluid. That's, uh, you can see Kanye, Kanye basically, that's his tribute to Nas, because Kanye's style oh. is Nas's delivery. And a lot of yes. times people don't understand that. Kanye yep. bit Nas. So basically, he's talking about, he's like a rambling Nas, but, you know, and, and you see, like, yeah, he can. I mean, he can do it. <laughs> I mean, Big Sean tries to do it sometimes. So Big Sean has that nasty Sean side. You know, he had ass, 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 and everything like that. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, it, everybody bites Nas' style. So Cop Shot the Kid is awesome because it takes you to New York City. You see the visual. You can feel that whole scene in the street, what happened, all the animosity, especially what's going on in the world today. So Cop Shot the Kid is a very powerful song. Uh, I love Bonjour. Uh, Bonjour yep. is my sleeper hit because it's so smooth. It's like it's like he's just rapping about life, how simple it could be or whatever. So Bonjour, I, I love the hook. You know, he got the R and B touch to it. I'm, you know, like I know for a while we we, you know, we always talk about many people intrigued by the drum beat and R and B hook. So yep. but he does, but Nas does R and B hook better than any other rapper out there. Yeah, man. You know, he, you know, he fits in the R&B world, and then he comes back into the hip-hop world. So he makes R&B cool sometimes. And then uh, my third song is Everything. I love everything with Dream and Yay. That song, I mean, oh, yeah, wow. it's kind of gospel you know, to be honest with you. It's kind of soulful. But you can feel him. You can feel the way he's rapping on that, basically. He's talk, it's like he's talking to police or talking yeah. to his kids, basically. There's a, there's, that's that spiritual noise. You know, instead of nasty noise, we got spiritual noise. And so it looked like Ye tapped into his um, his emotions as a grown up at this point. So it's uh, I mean that album, man, it's it's a Ye production. It's you know you're only talking six or seven tracks. It's short but it's powerful, and I love I love it on vinyl. I picked it up on vinyl and I just loved it. I love the production. The production on that album is incredible for something that's been released you know recently in the last two years. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's amazing. I love the cover art. I mean, I just love yeah. that every time Nas drops an album, he puts some thought behind, you know, what the album cover is going to look like. And yeah, man, I, I can't I can't argue with any of those tracks. I guess um, that might be a segue for me because my, my number four album, when you're talking about uh, the Everything track, when he's talking to Khalees, perhaps, <laughs> um, I have Life is Good as my number four uh... album. And... <laughs> I don't know. It's there's a lot going on in this album because I admittedly when I when I heard it, I didn't know if I realized that their relationship was over. So I almost felt like I was listening to the album as the news was unfolding in my mind, right? Cuz I I didn't realize a lot of the dark stuff that was going on on both of their sides, you know? Like people have different debates on what happened with him and Khalees, but I feel like he addresses it in the best way he can. Um, there's a lot of dope tracks too, like um, the the Rick Ross track, um, "Accident Murderers." That that's again like going back to that like hardcore hip hop that I like. Yeah. That track um, is pretty um, pretty dope. Um, you got Mary J on there, so anytime you got MJB, that's kind of like the uh, the hip hop toll. You know, you have to <laughs> you have to pay it at least once to actually 
get considered in the hip hop hall of fame possibly. And um, yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some pretty good tracks on there. Like he had an Amy Winehouse um, feature on there. Oh man. Right. Man, just like me. (laughs) I heard (laughs) David. Oh man. I mean, that track is nice. You know, know, Amy Winehouse was so underrated. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you brought up the R and B side of Nas. Cause like my first, the first time I listened to King's disease, I felt like it was an R and B heavy album. And I don't want to say that to throw any shade because I don't want to say like it felt like it was a gimmick. Like, like again, you you know you you're talking about he can tap into that R and B side of himself. So I feel like when he pairs himself with artists like Amy Winehouse or MJB, like he knows what he's doing and he knows um, what exactly to do on the track. There's a pretty decent track in there about daughters, and that kind of speaks to again like every track, every album. He at least has an album where he talks about like maybe like a black girl lost or like a mother that, you know, is struggling or, you know, in this case, like um, maybe his own daughter, but yeah, I mean, I think that was a good track as well. I love that. I love that locomotive with large professor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man. The way that thing grinds in, it it comes in like a train. You you hear, you feel that coming. It's it's like the album's pulling up at the station pretty much. Then he goes into Queen's story. I mean, large professor, man, that, that track is sick. You know, um, you know, uh, yeah, life is good, man. Is yeah, you're right about it. That's a, that's a good pick, real good pick. Yeah, I, I honestly can't take credit for it because um, my wife, I will admit, that's probably one of her favorite Nas albums as of late. Like it was like the album that she forgot about Nas, and when she started playing, it's like, oh wow, I forgot about how dope this guy is. So yeah, there's layers to him always, but I think this album is no exception, and um. The fact that he had Large Professor, I think he had him on twice on this album. So, like, I always feel like not only is he trying to give you multiple layers, like he's the R&B cat, he's also the cat that's going to, like, school you on the hip-hop origins, even when you're talking about with that um, Cop Shot the Kid track, you know, with mm-hmm. the uh, uh, Slick Rick's influence. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I always just love how he's just trying to, like, give you a hip-hop enriching experience as much as he can. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, you know, the only time R&B went bad from his Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Nostradamus was just... Wait, that didn't make your top five, bro? What's the matter no, with you? <laughs> no. No, I, it, it was confusion there. It took Hover to bring him back out to darkness after that. It took a challenge to get Nostradamus, to get that right. Because think about this. When the blueprint dropped, yes. and then Nas, Nas went up to... Nas went Super Saiyan on him. Ah. Uh. Yeah, it was two Saiyans going at it at that point, man. It was Goku and Vegeta went at it, man. Bro, when I was listening to all these, like, this past week, that was the album I was regretting the most to listen to. And there are some good ones in there, but, yeah, bro, like, the genuine track, you owe me. You owe me? No, you you don't owe me. Turn it off. You can keep it. (laughs) (laughs) And what's, what's cringeworthy is that he can't help himself because he has to you know have commentary Jackals like oh, oh yeah owe me back like 40 <laughs> acres i'm like okay owe me back, like, don't talk about 40 <laughs> acres and talk about shake it in the same line please don't do that verbal that's not, contradiction that's, that's not what you should be doing right now when, when genuine showed up i was done i was just like the shackles on my feet i'm like no i'm like i was like why is he singing about shackles on his feet what kind of slave song is this this is terrible <laughs> Hey, this, you just brought me back to a bad memory. There's this um, girl I think I was messing with in college. 
and um I, I had to stop messing with her but like i remember one thing she said to me she's like man man boy you you you're not you're not just fine you genuine i'm like okay, okay. <laughs> i don't know if that's a compliment but i'm gonna i'm gonna exit this conversation right now you got fingers like elgin you got uh, <laughs> you got web between his fingers <laughs> <laughs> so what's your um are we on album number three now yeah we're at three right now what you got i got i am is, is my number three yes yes the reason i say i am is Thank because when he opens up with hate me now I remember being in college and hate me now come on. And you'd be like, oh yeah. my God. Yes, I mean, indeed. and I'm not a Puffy fan. I respect Puffy. But right. to, but to hear Puffy just in the background, you know, talking, you know, talking, you know, talking his trash in the background. Yes, sir. And then, you know, the Nas, you know, the, the video was dope. The imagery with the cross, him, you know, him basically, you know, cruising, you know, dying for hip hop at that point. It's very symbolic. I mean, you know, the sins, the sins of bad music, and Nas is going to take them all away. And I'm like, wow. So, <laughs> hey, hey, that was awesome. I love "We Will Survive." That is yes, the sir. track. We, we will yeah. survive is the. I'm up late at night trying to finish a paper, and I just ain't got it. So I'm listening. "We Will Survive" trying to get through the paper. Got that thing on loop. Yeah, man. I mean, a lot of bad classes. You like this could be a C or D. Let me put this Nas on. So. <laughs> So I am getting me through a lot of bad nights trying to get through. Bro, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, even to this day, when I'm doing some boring ass work, I need to like listen to music like this yeah. to like even get me through it. So, yeah. And yeah. then Nas is like with that primo, that primo beat, Prince wow. beat, man. Nas, it, that Nas is like the video, the way with him and uh, him and Primo talking to each other, like you ready, Nas, and the, the way you know that energy, you know, you can't. It's like you knew something special was going on in the studio because Nas is like, man, that song. I used to, I used to play that song and go shoot around for hours. That I love that song. Yes, man, that was probably like one of my top three lyrics of all time too. So verbal intercourse, and then one of the lines from Nas is like the whole the whole song is dope. But um, we said something like freedom of jail, clips inserted, a baby getting bored at the same time, met and murdered the beginning and end. I'm like, oh man. That's it. Yeah. That's the beginning of the song. I know. Yeah, he real. He, he's a slick lyricist. He's real slick. Oh. You have to listen to Nas two or three times, and you'd be yeah. like, "Ooh, that's 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 cold." <laughs> yeah, too cold. That that is definitely our overlap. I do have "I Am" as number three as well. So I can't hate. I mean, and it's hilarious you brought up Nostradamus because again, like, I'm kind of like a a film guy, right? As I mentioned before, and I felt like the story of the cover art of Illmatic to it was written to I am. And then the letdown of the imagery of Nostradamus. Cause like, how are you going to like outdo, you know, the King imagery of I am you just show up in a hoodie in front of the hood. And then, you know, <laughs> talk about <laughs> shaking like that and Omi. Oh man. But, you know, um, it and it's still with platinum though. That was still with platinum. Well, you had genuine on there. You know what happened? You know they, they bought it for genuine, and you know that's like Street Disciple. It's the same thing. Street Disciple. That's another dark album. You know, you listen yes. to it, you're like, it's too radio. I mean, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, I didn't have Street Disciple on my list, but when I listened to that, there's too much filler. You know, I felt like he he felt like to talk about hip hop tolls, like MJB is a good one, but I think a bad one for some artists is like, they feel like they have to do a double album to kind of like prove that they've, you know, reached that milestone in their career or whatever. And that was not a good milestone for him. There was again, some good tracks, but no. I mean, Major Look was dope. 
That's about it. Th- yeah. You know, that, that was pretty dope. But the thing about it was, that's the Braveheart track, though. You know, that's a, you know, you got Bravehearts in the background. He's screaming Braveheart on that major look. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's dope. But, you know, like, you're right. Double albums don't go well unless your name is Biggie. I mean, Biggie's, <laughs> Biggie probably got the best double album ever. Yes. Yeah. Hands down. That's definitely for sure. I'm just looking at some of the guest stars because you already talked about all the good tracks. and <laughs> um, But the whole album was good. Um, Scarface is on there, Aaliyah, DMX, and not just like throwaway cameos too. Like again, that Diddy track was hard. And how you, if you could come hard with Diddy on a song, like you know you're, you're doing something right with this album. Oh, you are right about that because, you know, Diddy, I don't know. I just kept seeing that suit. You know, he had Diddy transition to, uh, you know, that last train to Paris. <laughs> so, you know, when Diddy did that album, basically, by going to Paris and not coming back, and everybody was like, go. <laughs> so, right. I mean, because after Big Pass, I mean, this is a this is a healthy transition. He helped he had Biggie transition into a muggle, a muggle into that point. So yes. you think about it, he went from being, you know, the, the, the hype man, you know, slash, you know, uh, manager to uh, so like a more of a musical star, a musical presence at that point. Right. Bro, yeah. So what you got for um, number uh, number two now? I got Illmatic. And the reason I got Illmatic is Life's a Beat, you know, is yes. I love that track, man. The first, man. Time, the first time I heard that track, man, I was on, I was on uh, the Green Line going to high school in Oak Park, man. And I heard... Life's a beat. I looked around. I thought this kid's trying to take my Walkman. And I was like, no, it's not going to be a beat today. I'm keeping my Walkman. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just hard. And then, you know, it ain't hard to tell. That's tra- that track is so smooth. And then you get into that early New York State of Mind. I mean, New York State of Mind is still my favorite Nas track because okay. he basically took you through the five, he took you through the five boroughs. He took you through Hell's Kitchen. He right. brought you back out and you're like, man, I mess with Nas. He took you to QB. You sat on the bench with him. You know, you felt like Shorty. You, you felt like Shorty from Belly at that point. <laughs> you know, I mean, Illmatic, Illmatic is, man, the album cover. You know, you, you go from being the boy, like you said, from being the young boy, warrior, to going and turning into the king and then, you know, the warrior. I mean, Illmatic is the greatest album cover ever. Next to, next to the baby on uh, Ready to Die. Yeah. And speaking of that, like, I think um, there's controversy about Ghostface was talking. He thought that Biggie stole Nas's uh, concept when Biggie threw threw his baby picture on Ready to Die. I don't know if there's any credence to that, but I just thought that was hilarious. I don't think so. I mean, it's different concepts. I mean, yeah. you know, Nas's picture was showing you that rugged little boy, man. It was growing up in uh, QB. And, you know, this is, this is at the end of, like, you know, it's, it's, it's at the beginning of the crack epidemic, and, you know, the yep. drug epidemic in Brooklyn. You know, you said a little bit into the Get Down, that TV show that was right. on Netflix. I mean, you see, you see so much richness in Illmatic. Illmatic is New York City at its finest. You know, it's like it's almost like we're adrenaline rushes for Chicago. You know, yes. to be with you. Yeah, man. I agree. I agree. So, bro, you didn't have it at number one. Oh man, I had Illmatic at number one. Okay. Um, I know I'm jumping the gun here. I just wanted to let you know since you already mentioned it and. Yeah, I don't know. I think this album for me, academically, I think it was awesome because the reason why I said it is because I think this was one of the concepts they were going for, but he was almost trying to have like a legendary producer almost on every track. So you had Pete Rock on a producer track. 
you obviously had Primo, which he's definitely collaborated with a bunch. And um, Q-Tip did a track as well. So I think, I think like it's, it's the album that obviously is a classic and it's the five micer and the source when the source actually meant something before, you know, Benzino messed it all up. Okay. Oh um, <laughs> it's a whole nother conversation, but I think um, it was the album that everyone was, everyone knew they were in the presence of greatness, right? Like they knew they were already claiming he was like the next rock Kim. And that's kind of like, a hard thing to hear if you're not actually bringing the goods. And I felt like every producer was like, no, you really need to pay attention. And that's why they all chipped in to kind of like help craft this masterpiece and, you know, MC search behind the scene mm-hmm. kind of help executive produce it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Search MC search and third base, man. You know, <laughs> he, he's been, he's like in the background of so many great hip hop albums. He's in the right. background. I mean, I mean, I remember him and Pete Nice, man. Oh, my God, man. Gas face. I mean, it's so funny because, you know, I was watching a video on YouTube about that. You see young Nas hanging out with Search and Pete Nice in New York City going to a Jewish deli. And I'm like, look at this. It's like Nas is like that little kid that's sitting on the bench in the, and you know, the bench in the park in, you know, in, in fucking QB. And you see uh-huh. it, you're like, this is incredible. I mean, it's legendary to see these guys, you know, at that point, you know, watching them, you know, before they were who they were and everything. I mean, third base was pretty popular back in the day. I mean, I bought, the, I bought, I picked up some of their vinyl recently too. So I love third base. Uh, Pete Nice, the Prime Minister, it's just like they were hilarious, man. Something they messed with Hammer, and that was hilarious. <laughs> it's called Truce and MC Hammer. Hilarious. <laughs> you don't want Hammer trying to kill you. <laughs> but um, sure. Yeah, great album though, man. Illmatic is man, it's a, it's a jewel in the rough, pretty much. What was your number two? So number two, I was not expecting this to actually even make the top five until I actually sat down and re-listened to it. Godson. Okay. Bro, let's hear what you got. What you what you got now? There's a lot of interesting things going on here. I, 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 I hate to admit this, but I was. I was almost, I thought it was kind of emotional that he had Tupac on the album. And the reason why I say this, cause I know at that time, everyone was like trying to like force a Tupac like collab, obviously after he passed away. And you know, if Tupac was alive, he probably wouldn't even do a track with him. But I think it shows like the range that Nas had because it wasn't even like an R and B track. It wasn't a hip hop track. It was almost kind of like a, like a rock track a little bit in Thug's Mansion. Um, Khalees was on the album. And she obviously would pop up in different albums before, but I don't know. Like, oh, oh Major, Major Look was actually on um, Godson. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think I think I liked the way that it unfolded, and I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. You know, um, it would it would hit me emotionally because there was a lot of commentary he had about uh, him losing his mom. So he kind of threw that a lot in there. And he was trying to come to terms with that. Um, there, I think there was even a line like the mom, his mom was like the most important person in his life, which is true. I don't know how, how, how much Khalees probably dealt with that <laughs> in yeah. their downfall. But um, there was even a track on there that was dope that I like uh, Book of Rhymes where he was basically mm-hmm. um, talking about, he opened up like an old like rhyme notebook and he was just flipping through the pages and just like, oh, wow, that rhyme's dope. Like, no, that rhyme is kind of whack. I'm not going to use that anymore. So Again, back to the visionary, visionary, sorry, back to the visuals, back to the storytelling. And 
I guess the last thing I'll say, like the Warrior song is pretty tight because Alicia mm-hmm. Keys was on there. And that song was, I don't know if this is the, the best comparison, but it made me feel like almost like some of like those Eminem tracks that came out at that time. Like some of those like mm-hmm. hardcore anthems, like when M did that song with Nate Dogg and like, you know, like stuff like that. That was almost at that time that, I don't know, I guess that sound kind of made me crave that that's, that sound again because i think that was like some more of the bright spots of the 2000s that we kind of like forget about oh yeah i, I agree with you. i mean this yeah, I, for, I forget about this album sometimes because i listen to this album so much like it didn't yeah. get the get down you know the opening track on this album right. is phenomenal wait so is yeah. that what the mm-hmm. that like um a reach for that netflix um series it is it is. It's a reason. It, it segues into the uh, the Netflix series because that's called The Get Down. Yeah. Basically, what that guy is with the show is he's a young version of Nas. This is when this is Whoa. back with satin jackets and, and b-boy groups and, and graffiti yeah. people and graffiti artists and everything like that in New York City. So Nas grew up during that era. Right. So so basically, they took the imagery from that song The Get Down and made a whole a whole TV show out of it. It only went two seasons, but. You could definitely see the symbolism. You could definitely, like Nas opens up every show with like one of his songs, or, really? or did a new, or did new original music on the Get Down. What? But you can hear it like it's one when he's in the garden, just rapping in the garden about how he okay. made it, and everybody's yeah. silent in the crowd. I'm like, that's pretty much the way life got for him at that point. It slowed down. He was he was ahead of his ahead of his time in his craft. I think uh, you know I like you know on that album I love Thug Mansion like you said before. Yeah. I like uh, I can is pretty tight. Yes, uh, yeah. I can is really nice. I, I also like dance. You know, one more chance to dance with you, uh, dance with his mom. Yes. That song is that's, that, that's the emotional song on that one because yeah, he's like man. You know, he's showing. You know, I, I wonder how Khalees really felt about that because that's the that's the one woman in his life that he appreciated more than any other woman. And I right. think that that's a hard that's a hard uh, situation to follow up with if you if you're Khalees. Because I know he was he was definitely going through something there, and maybe sure. maybe you understand him at that point. But that's a very emotional album. I think that's the reason why I don't listen to it as much because it's a great album, but it but you feel that album. That's a that's yeah. a that's a toucher, pretty much. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate you saying that because I, I I try to like sometimes I gravitate towards the uh, gut punches, and you're bringing up Sade, and she's somebody that I still listen to to this day. So that's kind of like. Even though for some people it's like a different type of headspace, like sometimes it's kind of meditative for me to go through some type of emotional roller coasters. And, you know, me losing my mom, like I think it's been six years now. Like I think I definitely related to that. But um, the I, I Can album is uh, a song is pretty interesting too. Cause like I think whenever an artist is able to make like kids on a track sound cool, I always think that's kind of like admirable. Like it's not like a, a now like cd or like kids bop you know what i'm saying like you can make <laughs> yeah. a, a legit artist make it a legit you know like kid choir or kid kid appearance kind of sound dope i think that's always like pretty critical in itself i agree so number one what is on the list do we need to do a recap before this or should we just jump into it let's jump into it uh i got it i got it was written as my is my number one it was written dude this is interesting because when we first thought about doing Nas as a topic, you almost just wanted to compare It Was Written and King's Disease. And I was wondering where that was coming from because I was like, you don't want to talk about Illmatic? So obviously this album meant something to you. Well, It Was Written, you know, that's, you know, 97 was a big year in life. That was uh, yeah. from high school to college transition. 
Right. Uh, you know, I remember listening to that, uh, listening to that album a lot. I mean, if I ruled the world, basically, because you know, you first come out of high school and stuff. Yeah. You think in terms of I can rule, I can do all this, I can rule the world, I can be great. So, so you listen to Nas, you're like, wow, he created that image. You're like, Yo, imagine this, imagine that, and you're just listening to this this wordplay. Yes. So, if I ruled the world, it was always symbolic because you know it takes you to a point where you think you can do anything. You think that anything's right. possible. You know, I could I could take this over. I could, you know, I could be a CEO. I could run my own company, my own business. So, if I ruled the world, is very is very powerful. It's up there that I can because. Nas paint the image of what it should be like, you know, to be a leader in this universe. Right. And then I love the message. Uh, yeah. The message is, is dope. You know, that, 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 that was that song a lot. That used to be my basketball song. I listened to that before I go play. Yeah. Uh, Nas' delivery on the message is awesome. I mean, it's just like it's storytelling at its finest pretty much. And then, you know, Street Dreams. Street Dreams is that, it's that quirky R&B Nas. But at the same time, it's got that R. Kelly like vibe to it. You know, it, right. it's it's got that Chicago feel into it. Street Dreams is so Chicago, and but it's so Brooklyn at the same time. So I love Street Dreams as a track. Uh, you know, Nas is at Nas is at his best. It was written, I think, you know, from you know, not having album again in '97, from '94 to '97, when it was written was coming, people were going crazy because yep. they were like, "It's coming, it's coming." And then I remember the billboards all over the city. I remember this. I got the CD from like uh, I came from Circuit City. Now I'm showing my age. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, watch out. Yeah, Circuit City. I think it was like 1999. It came in a little security jacket. I mean, it was man, it was written was was a great CD. Bro, I, I I can't argue with that. I almost did put it in my top five, and I will say like arguably, if I ruled the world, is probably the best Nas song, if not one of the best hip hop songs of all time with you know Lauren Hill on there and there was even a firm track on there too um affirmative action mm -hmm. so I thought that was awesome he definitely like started out with some storytelling type stuff because he was trying to like set the scene with the intro of the album so I definitely um like that part about it I think for me it was written was like the first Nas album that I knew about him as I was loving hip-hop because I think Illmatic was the album that I knew I had to go back to, even though I wasn't part of the community at that time. Like I was listening to like MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice and, you know, until I actually was shepherded into like what real hip hop was. Yeah. Like it definitely was, was the album that kind of like came out when I was like, okay, I, I know it's dropping. I know something great is about to come. So no, I can I, see that to be number one. No, I agree with you. I mean, it was, you know, I wasn't part of the community either at that point. I mean, my community at that point was Hammer. I hate to say it. <laughs> it was a little bit of Cypress Hill, some Terrorist One, you know. You yeah. know, I, I, I was listening to Love's Gonna Get You, and I thought that was like the dopest track ever. And then and then I figured out what, what Love's Gonna Get You was about. I'm like, oh, but I don't live like this, but I like the song. <laughs> I mean, so... You know, it's, you know, Karis One, man, you know, was a legendary storyteller. Still is to this day. But yeah, I mean, it was written was it's when I really discovered hip hop, like you said before. It was, you know, it was that that Wu Tang came, you know, Bone Thugs came and brought their version of hip hop out of yeah. Cleveland. Right. So there was a lot going on at that point. And then plus you had, you know, we had our Chicago Art Cycle drama. We had, you know, Twister. I mean, ninety six, ninety seven was a really interesting hip hop year. Crucial conflict. Oh man, <laughs> do it die. You'll sing about a Cadillac. Do it die. <laughs>
That's right. So, um, yeah, man, I think um, that was an awesome pick. Uh, my number one, obviously, I already told you before, was Illmatic. There's nothing else I really need to say other than, did you know that um, you were bringing up some Detroit, uh, so a uh, big Sean, right? You just made me think about, there's this kind of like semi-underground cat, but he's somewhat known, LZ. He made an album called Elmatic, and oh. it's actually a decent take on Elmatic because, I mean, it sounds very like um, hypocrisy to even try to attempt Elmatic, but um, I think he did it right. He almost did like the same track numbers, the same beats but like different takes on the beats and almost as different takes on the lyrics and he's obviously from detroit right but um he had his own flair to it so i thought that was a decent album in general but just again just was he screaming adderall in the background <laughs> adderall then we were danny brown <laughs> oh man oh man yeah man i mean there, there was there was a while in recent history like i was i was talking about the pimple butterfly and then there was a while where I didn't even realize how dope some of the Detroit hip hop was like um, Black Milk and, you know, some some of them. Like, obviously, Slum Village, they were still doing oh, stuff, man. too. So I saw Slum at DePaul, man. They were awesome, really? man, with Jay Dilla, everybody, man. What? Yeah, they, were, they came through it. They came through it to Paul a few times. And they were good. Wow. I mean, Raise It Up, man. They did Raise It Up for like about oh, nice. 15 minutes, man. People lost their mind pretty much. I mean, Detroit, Detroit music is so underrated. I mean, you know. Yeah. They had a lot of great artists, you know, still got a lot of great artists. I mean, you think about D12, you think about yeah. M, uh, yeah. you think about uh, Royce of 5'9", you know, you get, into, you get into that. I mean, a lot of great artists. Cool, man. So we, uh, we wrapped it up. We rounded it out. I guess uh, any, any other last thoughts about Nas as an artist and, you know, his legacy? Well, I mean... Nas is so so much a part of my childhood, so much a part of my adulthood as well. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I went through different emotions. Like you mentioned, like a girl you used to talk to, you know, I think about moments like that. You think about <laughs> somebody jumped out a window on or something like that or <laughs> so had to run away from, you know, Nas was there. I mean, Nas, I mean, I got a Nas song for every, every state, every chapter of my life, pretty much every book, of, you know, every book of my life, pretty much. I mean, just like that with Jay to a certain point. Right. But Jay, with Jay, the thing with Jay is Jay's bravado is so unnatural sometimes. Yeah. You know, you know I can relate more to Nas than I can to Jay because I think Nas lives a more modest life on some levels. I like Jay as, I love Jay as an artist, but Nas has always been there. You know, Nas is that person where it, it keeps you grounded. You know, his hip hop is more, it's emotional, but it's mature at the same time. He's, he's, he's our shot at, you know, without yeah, the stool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my thoughts on Nas. I mean, one of the greatest to ever do it. You know, he he's he's on my Mount Rushmore hip hop. Yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely there. It's him. It's Jay. I, that third person is always swapping out in my mind. Sometimes I got a whole group as that third person. I put the clan uh -huh. up there. We gotta save was, that. Yeah. We gotta save that for another episode for sure. Yeah. yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, man. I um I I totally agree. Like I, I was listening to my my buddy's podcast. Um stupid box shout out to them but they're one of them was talking about like Nas is an institution and I, I never thought about that until I was like re-listening to all these albums because yeah like it's definitely like an institution in its own right like you almost feel like you have some some type of degree after you you know listen to all the rhymes but um yeah obviously the the Biggie and Tupac 
comparison is definitely um, fitting because, you know, people feel Pac was an actor at his, at his core. And, you know, it's no surprise that he did, you know, some acting with Jada Pinkett back in the day. So, I mean, like, but when you talk about Biggie, you know, people actually lived it, you know, that's like a wholly different, different side of the coin when you're talking about like what, what your rhymes actually mean as opposed to what you're trying to like emulate or where you're trying to copy. Uh, Tupac had more of an entanglement with hip hop, and <laughs> you know, uh, Biggie, you know, Biggie was that dude, man. That's the black boogie man, you know, in that situation. He he was he was our uh, our John Wick of hip hop. So you know, black and ugly as ever. <laughs> you know, when somebody calls himself black and ugly as ever, you know, I was like, tell me more. <laughs> so, so, you know, Big Big was a monster. You know, you think about it, I always get sad. So to listen, life at the death, you get that last track on there. And you'd be like, man, this is all he left us. And the rest of the stuff was just samples and things they put together to give you that feeling he was still here. Yeah. I mean, that guy could have got three or four more albums, man. They've been legendary at this point. Or he might have did what Nas did, Nas Jadonis. He might you never know at this point. He might have he might have like flattened out, you know, at this point. But oh my goodness. Tupac loves too much content. Yeah, I'm still listening yeah. to new Tupac songs in 2020. <laughs> and, uh, How was that possible? Yeah, you know, Tupac featuring Featuring Jada kids, like, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow they made it happen. Yeah. But yeah. Man. Yeah, what were you saying? Yeah, great show though, man. Great show. I mean, it's good, man, talking Nas, just you know, yeah. getting back to the roots of hip hop, you know, staying away from, oh my God, skinny jeans and Balenciagas and shoes with <laughs> spikes on them. <laughs> The guys with, you know, I don't know. I mean, no, no disrespect to what hip hop is going right now, but it's so weird that you listen to satellite radio today and the artists all sound like they're all sound like they have speech impediments or something's going yeah, on with them. Yeah, the mumble rap. Yeah. Mumble rap. And you're like, what did he say? Or like, you know, like Young Thug. I tried to listen to Young Thug one day in the car and I got a headache. And I he's got, like, he's got a lot of believers. He's got, you know, yeah. All about him. I would listen to bass guy though if I'm gonna go that route, you know. I give a little bit of bass guy shot, you know. Thugger, Thugger's different. Right. I mean, I think Ti tries. You know, he said he can do verses. How's Ti gonna do verses? <laughs> I mean, I still think Fifty will kill him in verses. Yeah. You know, I'm not a huge Fifty wait. fan, but I, but I, do, I love Fifty's persona. <laughs> Did you ever watch that uh, Ti um, Netflix show? The uh, what was that? The rap game or whatever with yeah. uh, with Chance and was it Cardi I think? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. You know, I mean, it's you know, it, it was different. I mean, you know, yeah. Chance Chance is a gospel rapper slash hip hop star, so right. yeah. it's different. I mean, I like Chance's style, but Chance ain't for everybody. Yes, you know, you can't go from you know skating at the rink. <laughs> to, <laughs> to I like to we don't smoke this, we don't do the same drugs anymore. I'm just like. I yeah. just in the car like wow, and then my kids singing the song I'm like that's not for you. Don't sing that song. You don't you do not do the same drugs anymore. No, so, yeah. don't listen to no that. No drugs. Yeah. Say no to drugs. <laughs> I just thought that show was interesting because there there were some interesting things that they did with it where they were kind of like almost like a hip hop one on one for some you know cats. They were trying to f- figure out their flow and they had like you know Fat Joe and Jada Kiss and you know some some of the decent cats around there that know what you know rhyming is all about, but. I mean, Joey Crack, Joey Crack is so underrated. Yeah. Yeah, I just want more Joey Crack music, you know. I want I want him I want him and Remy Ma to make up and do more music. That's the problem right now. 
Man, bro, you're just making me think about all the the crews that have just folded, like you know, oh, like man. Terror Squad. Oh man, flip mode. Oh man. God, busted, <laughs> busted, busted! Took the whole flip mode squad out. <laughs> I mean, I'm still looking for Lord Have Mercy. Where is he at, man? Yes, yes, for real, for real. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think that kind of wraps up the episode. Obviously, we got some more hip hop classic discussions to talk about, but um. Yeah, I agree. It's a great show. It was, it was nice to vibe with you, man, because ah, got to go back and listen to this trash hip hop or trap hop or whatever we're calling it now. <laughs> love, love hop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put baby oil on you. I'm like, what is this? Zeke reason up? What is this rapper doing? <laughs> Trinidad James and the rest of them. And oh, God, you know, yeah, you're right. But yeah, you know, we always got our, we always got our music, you know. Thanks to Spotify, I can live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally agree. They made it a little easier for access. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully um, you can check out our, our podcast on Spotify as well or, you know, Apple iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts rather. And right. yeah, follow us there and, you know, look forward to more episodes. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. With that. Signing out, hip-hop, hip-pod heads. (laughs) Peace. Nas, Nas.